Hey dudes, this is Michael, one of the co-hosts of Two Dudes in the Nest, the show you're about to listen to. If you are a first-time listener and you've picked one of these older episodes to listen to, maybe because it's one of your favorite games on the NES, I don't blame you. However, I just want to warn you that uh, this is, some of these episodes are three, four, maybe five years old. And this is before we got new audio equipment. This is really before we even knew what we were doing. But we... You know, we want to leave them on the feed as long as we can because we want to have plenty of episodes for people to listen to. I just want to give a fair bit of warning before we get started. If you're an older listener and you're going back to listen to an episode again, uh, you may hear something new because right before the episode starts here, we're going to have an advertisement, which is probably not what you heard the first time through. But now we started doing ads in our shows, so we're going to have an ad here. Anyways, I hope you enjoy. And if you do enjoy, please subscribe to the podcast and listen to as many episodes as you can. It always helps us out. And tell a friend, too. That'd be nice. Enjoy the show. Hey, Justin. What's up, man? Uh, not a whole lot. Just uh, Donkey and some Kong. Yeah? Yeah. Playing dank, Danky Gang? Playing me a little Danky Kang. Yeah, that's right. On the dank. Two Dudes and an S podcast. You know what's bad about the whole... I think we've talked about this on a previous episode before, but the whole... The whole the, the worst part of the Danky Kang thing with Jeopardy is... They weren't even asking about Donkey Kong. No, they were asking about Sonic, weren't they? Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, it was like a blue hedgehog with spiky hair or something. I don't know. And uh, somebody put Donkey King. Yeah, that's great. Close enough. Well, they didn't... I mean, I don't blame them for not knowing who Sonic is. I mean, good on them. Yeah. I mean, they they should get some points from Alex Trebek just for not knowing who Sonic is. (laughs) <laughs> right, but as long they shouldn't be mistaking him for a Nintendo character, right? That doesn't who exist. they don't actually know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, so you were talking yeah. before the show uh, how you're you're kind of apologizing preemptively for the throat clearing you're going to do. Throat clearing, little hacky cough. It's yeah. pollen season in East Tennessee. It is pollen season now. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> I I do a little bit of a hokey, not real. Some people believe in it, some people don't. Honey treatment for myself, and mm-hmm. it works for me. It may be yeah. all in my head, but I don't think I don't it know. is. I don't know. I mean, you know, it it it's based on good a good hypothesis, but I don't know if it's ever really been like studied if it really does anything or not. Well, I'm doing my own stay. I've been doing my own stay for about two years now. And I used to be the worst at summer spring allergies in Tennessee. Mm. Um, And it's either just because I've gotten older and I've gotten over it or something, which I don't know what the science is behind that, or about two or three years ago, I just started getting honey from a local honey guy around here. And Mm. I put it in my coffee every morning. And just every day, I would just put like a, a tablespoon of honey in my coffee and move on and it didn't seem to be working at first but I got to where I liked the taste of it anyway so I just kept putting it in there yeah and 
eventually. I just I don't I really don't have allergies anymore. I do love honey. You know what's really good? I like to make toast and put peanut butter on it and then some honey. Uh, but that is good. It's great. Yeah. Except for also being summer, I'm trying to uh, dodge all carbohydrates. So toast wow. is out of the picture. Okay. But uh, peanut butter may be my like one of my favorite foods. You can't go wrong with peanut butter. Sounds like steak. Yeah, you know. right. Okay, so here, my top five, and I want to bring it into Donkey Kong, even though, what, just hang on. Okay, number one is like steak. A good steak, right. it's like number one. Number two is probably eggs. I love yeah. eggs so much. Steak and eggs. <laughs> it's like the miracle <laughs> food right there, right? Right, right. Uh, so steak, eggs, peanut butter's up there. Um... Yeah, honey's up there. I like honey. Like a good, just a natural honey. And then, bananas. You know who uh, else likes bananas? Dank, Donkey Kang. Donkey Kang. Donkey. I'm going to keep, now I'm going to keep saying it. Kang, Kanky Dong. Right. Don, Donkey Kang? Donkey Kong. But Donkey Kong does like bananas. I like, I'm a big banana guy myself too. Um... <clears throat> Easily, probably my favorite fruit. Mm, it, I mean, it's a very versatile fruit, you know. Yeah, go in a smoothie. You can go in just a banana, banana, peanut butter banana sandwich. That is, that is a uh, right there, peanut That's, butter banana sandwich. And like, it's the best runt in my opinion. Uh, well, uh, I don't know. I have to probably disagree with you there. Oh. But, uh, like, okay, let cards. me just. Okay, we got to talk about the game. But first, I got to get this off my chest because <laughs> I, I do like bananas. It's probably my favorite fruit. However, banana flavored candy always screws up the batch. Okay? Because if you take, like, runts, for example, you get a handful of runts. If you take out all the bananas, you can just throw all them bad boys in your mouth. Yeah. And they all blend together. But if you if you have the banana in there, it just messes the whole mixture up. This is my Skittle theory. This is so Skittles does not have a banana flavor. It's just all I like cherry berry flavors. Mm-hmm. And so when I eat, they got a lime in there. Lime plays. It's a little bit of a game changer. Okay. I mean, you, you do realize but, that they changed the lime out for apple and they screwed it up. I did not know that. Yeah. The green is no longer lime, it is apple, and apple screws the whole mix up. Fooey on that. Fooey on Skittles, then. Yeah. But no, I mean, Skittles, my way to enjoy Skittles is a non-discriminatory method of eating Skittles, which is just dump them in your mouth. Yeah. Just a handful. Just put them in there. Oh, yeah. I'm the Uh, same way. The only difference... The only difference uh, is whether or not it's my own bag of Skittles or if I'm sharing with my wife. Because if I'm sharing with my wife, then my method of Skittles is everything except for the strawberries and the grapes. Yeah. The strawberries and grapes get pulled out and eaten by her, and then I get all the whatever remains. Right. Yeah. It, uh, strawberries what? Is strawberry red? Yeah, strawberries red. 
Yeah, so so my wife eats all the reds, and I eat the rest. There you go. Speaking of which, we I know we got to get to the game, but I got to say this one more thing. We were talking about a previous episode about, um, you know, not wasting food, and it's like horrible for your diet because then, like, mm -hmm. if your wife or your, in my case, your kids, especially because you know kids can be picky eaters or you know only eat certain things. And then you just, you can't waste the food. I basically ate two meals last night. <laughs> We've been working around the house, packing, getting ready to move, doing some stuff. And we hadn't really planned on any kind of dinner. So we decided, well, we'll just go get fast food. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my daughters wanted, so my oldest daughter, Leah, likes KFC. My middle daughter likes Taco Bell. Perfect and loud because it's combo. Got the combo, yeah. Right, right. I didn't really feel any of the ones, so I was like, I'm going to get Wendy's. <laughs> Which is across the street. Yeah. Not even that big of a deal, right? Right. So, uh, I get my Wendy's. I get a double, the large fries. Didn't get the soda. Trying to be good. <laughs> Which is, I know, kind of ridiculous been the story that I'm about to tell ate all mine <laughs> my daughter did not eat but one chicken tender of her three tender meal so of course I had to eat the other two right well I mean at least that's protein though right yeah, that's true Ex except for the fried surrounding it but... yeah I don't I, that doesn't count I don't count that yeah okay that's right. okay but yeah alright well I got I got food I could talk about too but we need to talk about it Maybe I'll come back around to food. Because Donkey Kong yeah. likes food. Donkey Kong likes food. Yeah. So, you want to do some history? I think we should. So, the game Donkey Kong, obviously um, one of the most famous faces of Nintendo, um, period. Uh, right up there. I mean, right behind, I guess, Mario and maybe Link. Um but uh, started with a little-known game called Radar Scope. The story mm -hmm. of Donkey Kong starts with a game called Radar Scope. So Radar Scope was a game that was uh, Nintendo's really first foray into the North American arcade game market. And it bombed. It did really bad. Yeah. And they made a lot of units. Made a lot of these arcade units. And um, they didn't really know what to do. So the, the CEO at the time, Hiroshi Yamuchi, um, and his son-in-law, who was Minoru Arakawa, Arakawa, who was the uh, uh, head of Nintendo of, of America at the time. So Arakawa was like, really, he's like, we got to do something. I want to break into this video game market here in the United States. Uh, games like Space Invaders, Potato is just taking off. Or, you know, there's a market here to be made, but this radar scope of games is not going to do it. So he implored his father-in-law to really bring him another game. So Yamuchi, the Nintendo CEO, goes to the back to all their developers and uh, says, we, "We need an idea, and who's who's got the best idea?" And he picks one by none other than Shigeru Miyamoto. And Miyamoto's idea was essentially Donkey Kong. Now, Miyamoto was actually not really interested in 
creating a game like Donkey Kong at the time. He was actually wanting to develop a game called about Popeye. Nice. Um, he, uh, but there were some licensing issues. Now there was, they did eventually make a Popeye game, but there were some licensing issues at the time. And so since they needed this arcade game to be developed, he decided to use basically his ideas that he was developing for Popeye for this Donkey Kong game. And he changes it. Basically he developed it into a continuation of a love triangle between <laughs> What was originally called Jumpman, uh, Donkey Kong, and uh, the damsel in distress, later to be named Pauline. Um, so, and he also said that he also, uh, you know, as far as influences, he was really into Beauty and the Beast to use as, in, as an influence, as well as uh, the 1933 film King Kong. Now, it's interesting that he claims that that was an influence because that's going to become an issue here in a few years. Uh, I think it's interesting that he claims to have Beauty and the Beast as a inspiration because that could mean that Mario is like the bad guy. guy. Yeah. Right. He's trying to bust up the Beauty and the Beast relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So they developed this game, and... uh, Miyamoto had some kind of uh, design uh, uh, ideas that didn't really work with what they could could do at the time. So there was things like the the sloped platforms were originally supposed to be like seesaw platforms, and they weren't really able to develop it properly. So they just changed it to sloped uh, platforms. And anyway, so they took the the this game and they made it and they put it into the radar scope cabinets i just see your microphone raising um yeah sorry the uh, my microphone has been um slowly falling as we've been talking so i muted myself and tried to raise my microphone without drawing attention and then you just straight call it out and then i just <laughs> yeah right um so anyway so when they they made this conversion the the circuit board for the for radar scope was very large because radar scopes the game had uh, many different enemies on the screen and obviously Donkey Kong didn't need that so they just took out all these unnecessary spots and uh, put in their their Donkey Kong game. Now in the development of Donkey Kong there's there's an old story that comes and there's an old wise tale I guess you could say about or urban legend I guess is more the appropriate term about how Donkey Kong became named Donkey Kong. And one of the things was it was supposed to be called Monkey Kong, um, but they misspelled it and it became Donkey Kong. Well, uh, Miyamoto said no. It was basically... um, he, He meant it to be Donkey Kong because they kind of understood it to mean like stubborn or silly. And that's why they named him Donkey Kong. Which makes me think, you know, they could have named him, like, Jackass Kong. Mm. Yeah. Same thing, you know. But anyway, so they they brought it to Arakawa, who, who was really excited about it, of course. And they had uh, the distributors, Ron Judy and, and Al Stone, uh, brought in a, a guy named Howard Lincoln to secure trademark. 
Now, when they started testing this game, the sales manager of Nintendo of America didn't like the game, and he said that this game will not be successful because what's popular right now are maze games and shooter games. And the the trademark guy, Link, Howard Lincoln, as well as Ron Judy, thought that the title was too strange, and they wanted to change. But basically, Arakawa and Miyamoto and Yamuchi, they all stuck to their guns and said, no, we're keeping the name Donkey. We think it's going to be successful. So then they had to name the characters, and they originally had the name... uh, uh, They originally didn't really have a name for the girl. um, And so they called her Pauline. Which is named after Polly James, which is the wife of Nintendo's Redmond, Washington warehouse manager, Don James. So, they named him after that guy, his wife. And then, the original name for Mario was Jumpman. And they felt that it was too close to two things that were very popular at the time. That was Walkman and Pac-Man. And so they changed it to Mario, and they named it after... Mario Seagal, the landlord of the original office space for <laughs> Nintendo of America. That's a pretty funny story. And if you look at a picture of Mario Seagal, he, he kind of does look like Mario. Huh. He's got kind of the big nose and just kind of, you know. I like how closely Mario. the Donkey Kong game is tied to America. Yeah. Like, I know that, I mean, it's, um, you know... Nintendo is a very Japanese company, and at this time, there was a lot of there's a lot of Japanese games, and everything was Japanese, Japanese, and then it would mm-hmm. just come over here after it was all done. There's a lot of tie-in to the America Nintendo of America mm-hmm. um, in this game. Right, I feel like. Right. I mean, there's a lot. There's like the King Kong movie, Beauty and the Beast movie, the office manager, landlord of the Nintendo of America office space. I mean, there's a lot of America tie-in in in this. And I'm not trying to be a uh, go-merica guy or anything. I'm just thinking it's it's neat because most most, uh, video games back in this day was Japan, 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 you know? Right, right. So, um, long story short, the distributors... um, Stone and Judy, they, they, they got a couple of bars in Seattle to, to take a couple of these machines, these Donkey Kong machines. And they did, they were, uh, they had sales of $30 a day for 120 uh, plays per day at these bars for a straight week. And they requested more units. They then take took 2,000 surplus radar scope machines and converted them over to Donkey Kong and really the rest is history on the arcade. It just kind of took off from there. Now, the... Uh, it was ported, of course, to many different systems. Coleco got the original rights and license to port it and uh, they released it for their own Coleco Vision, of course, but then was really later released... Um, there was a Game and Watch version, um, re- later released for the Famicom, and of course the NES, which is what we're talking about. Now the NES version is actually missing a couple of parts from the Famicom mm-hmm. and other versions, so it's missing the cutscenes and the Cement Factory level. 
Um, but of course, uh, not to ramble on here, uh, Donkey Kong becomes one of the most uh, famous video games. It actually one of my favorite video games. Uh, uh, probably spoilers. Easily, easily, no, no, <laughs> not Donkey Kong. Again, spoilers. But Donkey Kong Country become. I mean, it's easily in my top ah, gotcha. video games ever. Um, this would be a good spot for a uh, Nintendo Switch tangent. I just picked up Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze yeah. for the Nintendo Switch. Also available on Wii, by the way. Uh, and mm-hmm. it is... I may do eventually do a Switch up episode on it, or maybe somebody else can. But it is every bit of Donkey Kong Country. as It's as good as any of the Donkey Kong Country games I can remember playing. Um. I'm going to have to get that then. I think you do. Because if you if you say that you like Donkey Kong Country and it's one of your favorite games, um, Tropical Freeze is like... It's Donkey Kong Country made over, uh, but as good as all the old ones were, for sure. So, I, I have to get into this story before we close up history. And that is Universal Studios suing Nintendo over Donkey Kong. Okay? Right. So they sued Donkey Kong because they said it was too close to the likeness of King Kong. And um, which is that is when they gave him a tie? <laughs> <laughs> no. So it's interesting because so in the meantime, before this lawsuit gets uh, comes about, I guess Universal City uh, Studios kind of realizes this and they get a contract with Tiger, the old handheld electronic video game company, uh-huh. to make a game for King called King Kong in 1981. And the game was essentially, you know, I've, I've not seen it or played it, but apparently the game was essentially just like Donkey Kong. And then Universal City Studios sued Nintendo for stealing the likeness of King Kong. And long story short, um, they basically said uh, they were, you know, the lawsuit was based on that they had to prove that people would be confused by when they bought the Donkey Kong game that they were buying something related to King Kong. And they obviously could not prove that. So they lost the lawsuit. And Nintendo won. They also got all their court fees paid for. And then Nintendo countersued Universal for the King Kong game, saying that they actually stole that from them. And they were actually able to win that lawsuit. So Universal City Studios just got double whammied nice. by Nintendo on that. So, um, I, like I mean, that. there's a whole long story about it. If you, you know, get out there and read it if you want. It's a very interesting story. I didn't want to go into too many details and ramble on too much, but... Uh, uh, yeah, it's a pretty pretty neat story about the whole lawsuit and how it all went down. So, anyway, did you have this game as a kid? Did you go on a quest to find this game? I did not have this game as a kid. Um, I played it a lot as a kid. We can talk about this um, in a minute once we start talking about the game. But no, I didn't have it as a kid. I had to go on a quest to get it. Now, this quest involved a little bit of danger. Oh, boy. A little bit of excitement. Um, so, I went... This was probably... 
when I was in my mid-twenties, I guess. Um, I went looking for this game. And I went to the local game store. And they were like, we don't have a copy. Um, mm-hmm. All the copies that we had were bought by this guy. And he said he was just going to go take them to the top of this building and throw them off. And I said, there's no way. That's not fair. People need to be able to play these games. So what I did was I went after the game, at least with a copy for myself. Uh, it turns out uh, the building wasn't fully constructed yet. It was mainly just steel girders, and I had to climb up <laughs> and um, save the cartridges from this guy. Right. And he was like a really beefy, big guy, too. Very hairy. And, um, you know, he was... And get this, uh, this sounds very illegal, but he was throwing barrels at me while I was trying to climb up. Yeah, that does sound illegal. Yeah, but I got up there uh, and I got I got me one cart for myself. I I wasn't able to save everybody else's, but Hmm. yeah. So that's my that's my story of how I got the cart. It's either that it's either that story or uh, I bought it in a lot on eBay. Well, now, is it the original Donkey or is it the Donkey Kong Classics, which was like... I have both. I have both. We're talking We're talking <clears throat> about the original Donkey Kong here, but yeah. I, I do have both. Right. But the Donkey Kong Classics, which I've not, I've not played, but from my understanding, is a compilation, right? It has it Donkey Kong. It has Donkey... Excuse me. What are y'all? It this great pod. Donkey Kong Jr. too. It also, yeah. It has... And it may have Donkey Kong 3, if I recall. I think it's got three yeah. games on it. Yeah, that's that's the cart to get if you're going to get one, because you get multiple games. But yeah, tonight we're just going to talk about Donkey Kong. Right. <clears throat> All right. All right. That was my quest. Uh, so, what about uh, you? Do you have it? Did you get it? I have it. I did not have it as a kid, though. Uh, here's the, so, but I remember playing it, it, you know, the tabletop. That was like one of the tabletop that maybe like yes. Pizza Hut had or something. Uh, maybe. I think I it was, I think maybe Mr. Gaddy's. I, I know the one that I always played was at a pizza place, just like you're saying. And it was one of the ones you sit down at and you look down on it. Right. And it was like top. a, it was a table. That's the one I played all the time too. Um... And that was really my only childhood experience with it. Is that I never played it on the. Um, yeah, I didn't play it on the NES so. either. So my only childhood experiences was the arcade as well. Right. Um, which I mean, it is somewhat different. There, there's no cutscenes or anything in the NES version. Um, which sucks. I, I don't know why. I wonder why the. They uh, I don't know. I don't know why they took the level out either. Although. Personally, uh, I'm not a big fan of the cement mixer stage or whatever it is anyways. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really heartbroken that bad because I think I I liked the flow of the three levels in mm-hmm. the NES version of Donkey Kong. I may be in the minority there because everybody out there probably thinks more, 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 more levels, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, personally, I, I really like the flow of the three levels that they give us. Um, yeah, and just playing them, and then playing them again, and then playing them again as they get more difficult. Right. 
which is something I didn't mention in the uh, that I read about when I was doing um, like the history research is that developers were a little frustrated with Miyamoto's design of the game because they just felt like they were creating the same game over and over again, which they were. Same four levels over and over. Well, for the arcade version, over and over. Again. But um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, but what about the manual? <gasps> I almost forgot about the manual. Don't do not do not forget about the manual. All right, so the manual is pretty old school. It's pretty classic. Yeah, it's a it's a plain Jane, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty plain. I mean, the the cover, as you can see, it's just it just says Donkey Kong. Yeah, it's just it's just black with the space and the stars <laughs> and uh, Donkey Kong, which right. is that's basically what all the instruction manuals look like in in the beginning of the NES. Right. They're just black with the space in the background and then the name of the game. Uh, but the really the gist of it is just it tells you how to play the game. And that's about it. It's very boring. Maybe we shouldn't have read from the manual. <laughs> yeah, the the manual here is pretty disappointing. Yeah. Um, it just kind of tells you who everybody is, what they do, and, you know. Yeah, that's about, that's, ba- that's about it. Good manual, guys. Yeah. No uh, no hot manual talk this time. No. Oh, well. It we tried. Disappointed, buddy. Right. Uh, uh, so... Uh, I got a good... Okay, this will be a good time to take a tangent. This is a tangent I've been wanting to do for a while. So, listeners, bear with us. Um, since there's probably not going to be a ton of game talk on this episode, um, there was a Facebook post in our group with, done by Mike Hall. Uh, he asked if the World War Two is going on and involved video game characters... Uh, which give him, they wanted everybody to give him some video game characters, right? Mm-hmm. And then he made a story about World War II based on those video game characters. And I've been waiting for an episode where we didn't have a lot of video game talk to use it. Yeah. Uh, and I think tonight's tonight because it's really it's very pretty clever. All right, so so what happened? Like I said, my call posted on Facebook. All our listeners and and D Patters and dudes on in the Facebook group chimed in. And uh, so here are the actors in the story, all right? So the U.S. European Theater is being played by Rambo. The U.S. Pacific Theater is being played by Mike Tyson. Uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower will be played by Captain America. Uh, The United Kingdom European Theater will be played by Scrooge McDuck. Uh-huh. The UK Pacific Theater will be played by Samus Aran or Metroid. The role of the Soviet Union will be played by Karnov. The role of Germany will be played <laughs> by uh, Bionic Commando Hitler. Uh, <laughs> Italy is Wario. Sicily is Mario. Japan is Shinobi Ninja. Brazil is Blanca. France is Glass Joe, Spain is Don Flamenco, and Poland, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Alright, ready? Here's the story. Yep. This is World War II. Once upon a time, all of our video game pals were hanging out in the arcade. 
A couple non-NES types were there as well, but most were old friends. One day, evil bionic commando Hitler decided he wanted more space in the arcade. Not wanting a brawl, our friends decided to give old Hitler some space. Time passes. By the way, Hitler can stand in for another good descriptor of our antagonist. Okay. Hitler decides he likes Wario, Don Flamenco, and Shinobi Ninja. Hitler gives his buddy Don some new peripherals, and he really likes and he really makes a mess of things. Wario, meanwhile, is a complete jerk to Mario, and he starts to want more space of his own. Meanwhile, the Shinobi Ninja is sneakily beating other people up when no one is looking. <laughs> Uh, time goes on a bit more, and our heroes, Scrooge, Samus, Rambo, and Mike Tyson, start getting nervous. Scrooge tries to get Hitler to calm down. Hitler promises, but his fingers were crossed behind his back. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Karnoff and Hitler sign an agreement to respect each other's space. Both cross their fingers. Karnoff <laughs> is a tricky punk. Scrooge and Samus tell Hitler to leave Sonic alone. But one day... Hitler, while Karnov is busy being a jerk in his own part of the arcade, headbutts Sonic and makes him wear an I'm with Adolf (laughs) t-shirt. Sonic is sad. (laughs) Scrooge and Samus agree that this is the last straw and something must be done. Rambo and Mike Tyson say they can't get too involved, but they give Scrooge and Samus some really awesome peripherals to use in their fight against Adolf. Scrooge makes a good show for himself, but gets a fist to the gut and has to regroup. At about the same time, Bionic Commando Hitler sucker punches Glass Joe and makes him wear an I'm with Adolf t-shirt as well. (laughs) Glass Joe does his best to resist. Suddenly, Bionic Commando Hitler also sucker punches Karnov, and now things get interesting. Rambo and Mike Tyson have been watching Sneaking Shinobi for a while, and they say, Hey, you quit that or there'll be trouble. Shinobi Ninja says, Try me. Suddenly, Shinobi Ninja sucker punches Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is now in a blood rage. He and Rambo know what must be done. Just when Rambo and Mike are about to go after Shinobi, Bonnet Commando Hitler makes rude comments at Mike and Rambo. Mike and Rambo decide to hold each other's backs. Rambo will help Scrooge take on Bionic Commando Hitler, and Samus will help Mike fight the Shinobi Ninja. It's a rough fight. Scrooge and Rambo have some minor victories, but Bionic Commando Hitler is well entrenched. Captain America begins making plans on how to beat Bionic Commando Hitler. But after after beating Wario and helping Mario send that jerk packing... They put all their effort into freeing Glass Joe. Karnov, meanwhile, is helping Bonnet Commando Hitler busy in the back corner, or is keeping him busy in the back corner. Suddenly, with all their might, Scrooge McDuck and Rambo jump Glass Joe, pull the I'm with Adolf shirt off of him, and put an I'm with the good guy shirt on him. Glass Joe acts confused. Bionic Commando Hitler gets Scrooge and Rambo pinned down for a short while, but eventually they break Adolf's defense line and send Adolf packing back to his corner. Karnov, Scrooge, and Rambo move in for the coup de grace when all of a sudden, Bionic Commando Hitler sticks his finger in a light socket and shorts himself out. <laughs> <laughs> 
there is much rejoicing. I like it. On the other side of the room, Mike and Samus have had enough. Have had a rough fight with Shinobi. Shinobi starts flinging many darts at Mike, but suddenly Iron Mike goes into a rage, bear hugs Shinobi, bites off his ear, and lands his signature one-two finishing punch on Shinobi, and he goes out down cold. Mike yells out a cry of victory. Scrooge gasps and explains, Bless me, bagpipes. Karnov watches in awe and envy of Mike's power, and Rambo and Samus share a passionate kiss which is immortalized by a photo as the victory kiss. We have all seen that one. (laughs) Scrooge and Rambo try to bring order to their side of the arcade, but Bionic Commando Hitler's body is missing. Blanca takes, takes it back to his lair for cloning. Shinobi wakes up, and he and Mike become buddies, kind of like Apollo Creed and Rocky. Shinobi decides to no longer be sneaky, but instead make great electronics and video games for Mike and Rambo to enjoy. <clears throat> and back in Karnoff's corner of the room, he has watched Iron Mike from afar and learned Mike's signature finishing move. Suddenly a baby cries. Karnoff's new son, Vladimir Putin, is born. Karnoff vows to teach Putin about Mike's signature finishing move in order to build his own empire. And Karnoff rejoices. The end. <laughs> or to be continued, right. I would say. That, that was great. Thank you, Mike. Uh, I hope you're you are uh, okay with my reading of the story. <clears throat> that was really good. I thought so, too. I had to read it. <laughs> I know it was long, and I apologize to any listeners that didn't like it, but... I thought it was too good not to not to read on air. All right, so what do you think about the game now that you're adult and uh, whatnot? So I like. I mean, I like Donkey Kong. I think it's a fun game, and and it's it's a game that you can set out that I always say that I like because it's games that you can sit down and play and, and not have to invest a whole lot of time in. It's a fun kind of game. I will have to say that there are some things that I don't care for too much. I don't feel that Mario is, I just don't feel, he feels sluggish to me. And I guess I expect him to be Mario of Mario, but, uh, yeah, and the controls of him are just not my favorite, mainly just because of how he moves. But I think still, for this game being what it was, I actually, I really like it. Yeah, I know what you mean about the controls. Uh, it's It would be different, I guess, if Mario wasn't Mario, right? Like, if you were controlling somebody that wasn't Mario, because we've played our entire lives... Uh, as various versions of Mario, he's always been so precise for the most part, mm-hmm. right. and all this stuff. And then this game, which, in its defense, is before right, Mario, sure. the uh, most of the Mario's you know everybody plays. So, but it it does feel sluggish. Now <clears> that being said, <throat> I really, I, you kind of have to embrace that. I feel like I once you embrace the controls, for me, I kind of. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I'm not, you know, and it's not something that I, that ruins it for me. It's just, it just sticks out to me. And like you said, I mean, I think if it was, you know, John, just some other random person. Slapper bags? Yes. Slapper <laughs> bags. Um, 
then, you know, uh, uh, I don't think it would bother me so much. But since it looks like Mario, yeah, it just bothered them. I understand. I understand. Um, but yeah, so there's, and there's little things about the game that, um, like you, when you're on the ladders, you can't jump off the ladders and you can't jump and grab the ladders. It's like ladder or running and jumping, not right. a combination thereof. It's if you're on a ladder, you're on a ladder. If you're jumping right. and running, you can jump and run, but you can't mix the two. And that, that's a mechanic in the game that I don't, I'm guessing that they, did on purpose to make it a little more difficult but it's a mechanic where it's like ah oh, it feels like I should be able to jump and grab this ladder you know but you or can't. is it a limitation of the engineering of the time I don't know yeah see that's a good question I don't know maybe they just didn't think about being able to do that or something right I, yeah. who knows but you can't and that's that leads to several frustrating moments but yeah I think okay. So the first level is the classic iconic level that you see. Right. It's the angled uh, steel girders, and you're jumping over barrels. And you can grab the hammer, which that that's something we haven't really talked about. Is there's a mechanic other than walking and jumping and climbing ladders? Is you can grab a hammer, and it's like a invincibility for a moment where you just. Mario, some cool music starts playing, and Mario gets charge the charge forward. Yeah, you just charge forward. You can, you can knock out the barrels, mm-hmm. or you can knock out the flames, or whatever's in your way. Mm-hmm. You take that hammer right. to him. Uh, is that where the phrase comes from? Uh, what is it? Drop the hammer when you're talking about Not getting ready me. to be- beat somebody up. He's talking about D- Mario dropping the hammer. Yeah, I guess that is where like. it's from. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah. Um, there's that mechanic. So that first level, you're basically just climbing to the top. And it will, the first two, there's three levels in the game. So the first level and the second level, your task is to get to Pauline. Right. And when you get to her, Donkey Kong grabs her and runs away. And then you go on to the next level. So right. um, the first level, you climb up this angled uh, girders and you get to Pauline. No problem. The second level... There's some like conveyor belt things, uh, but you can just go to ball lane and he climbs up. But the last level on the NES version is uh, you have to make everything come crashing down. So you have to run over top of these. I don't know what they are. It's whatever's holding it together. It's like bolts, yeah. I guess. And you unscrew the bolts, and uh, once you unscrew beams. all the bolts, the beams fall down, and Donkey Kong hits his head. Poor guy. Yep. Boom. Um, Broke neck. So, what were some of your strategies? Are you able to make it through all three levels and start over? So, no, no, not now. I've done it before, but uh, playing it this time, I wasn't really able to do it. Lost your um, touch, huh? Right. Um, just kind of, uh, yeah. Just wasn't able to spend a whole lot of time playing it really this time. Um, to, to the scheduling things so it's it's hard to develop really a strategy and without playing it over time because you have to kind of memorize where where things are going to fall you know yeah. I'll tell you my strategy and it's obviously not the best I'm, I'm no Billy Mitchell but uh, oh yeah we can talk about that yeah well actually we probably, we probably should let's talk about that here in just a second after I tell you my strategy yeah. 
Okay, so my strategy is generally to avoid the hammers because while it's cool and I like the music that plays when you get the hammer, mm-hmm. uh, it usually you can't jump when you have the hammer and you can't climb ladders, so you're just kind of stuck. Right. So I usually don't grab them. I just usually rely on my jump. So the first level, I'll just run through and jump. Second level, uh, I'll just climb up and then jump across the conveyor belts. And then I, I climb the ladder onto the last level, and there's a spring that bounces across and... Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to avoid it. Well, I wait till it bounces over my head, and then I run and climb up the ladder. Uh, that one's always frustrating because the spring will bounce and hit you while you're on the ladder if you don't climb up it fast enough. Yeah. And then the last level, uh, I'm usually just frantic. I can't. I don't really have a good strategy on that last level. I just unscrew whichever bolts the flames aren't at, and just run around like a chicken with my head cut off. It's a good strategy. Right. It's a great strategy. Chicken with your head get off. So anyways, Billy Mitchell, the right. world-renowned Donkey Kong high score champion, right? Or Not just, just Donkey Kong. Yeah, and like Pac-Man, Pac-Man, too. Pac-Man, yeah. yeah. There's an arcade-playing machine, this right. guy. But there's a bit of a, a bit of a controversy. Right. Uh, yeah, so go ahead. I'll let you talk so about it. So with the records that he um, set up, or, you know, somebody figured out by watching videos of him playing where he uh, uh, did the uh, the records or set the records that he was actually using an emulator cabinet or an emulator software not the original software which you're supposed to use the original software to, to beat the records I wonder right? how they figured all that out because isn't it so just a video that he submits? There's something about, and I don't know all the details, but there's there's something about the way it looks. And, like, because he's claiming that whoever submitted this video that shows that he was using this software that's called MAME, M-A-M-E, mm-hmm. um, that... Uh, that it's a forgery that the guy basically made a tape that made it look like that but the guy that turned in the tape basically said I mean that would be just about impossible to make a forgery of that and then Twin Galaxies which I guess is the 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 governing body for video game uh, records along with uh, did it had an actual investigation, and basically they said they had conclusive evidence that he used an emulator software. Um, they couldn't verify that it was MAME, but that it was definitely not the original, and that they struck him all of his records, not just Donkey Kong. All of his records have been taken out, and he can no longer submit any new records. So even if he was to go out to to find the original cabinet and be like, "Look, I'll do it on this. Do it." They won't. They won't acknowledge. That's it. that's wild to me. That's just that's nuts. And this is a somewhat recent revelation, right? Yeah. So February 2018. This is just three yeah. months ago. So, um, and Guinness Book of World Records essentially followed suit and did the same thing. Also blackballing. So even you know, which the the whole blackballing thing is just crazy to me. Like, I mean. I don't know. Did I understand he, striking his record, but if he like right. can show up and do it on a arcade cabinet in front of you, 
why can he not have his record back? You know, that, that's kind I of I would agree thing. with that. Yeah, right. I mean, because if he can do it, he can do it. If he can't do it, and he has to use an emulator to like pause it or something, you know what I mean? Then he can't. So, right. He either can or he can't. I don't know why we gotta. And I don't know the specific details of why. You know, maybe you know, pausing or whatever. Why, why uh, that certain emulator would give him that unfair advantage. I mean, I'm sure there's many things that can be pointed out, but I've not read like any anything that's told me this is why that was a big issue. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with MAME because um, I don't do a lot of arcade emulation, but most of the emulation that you can do for like NES and stuff, you can rewind, you can do save states. So, like, if he screwed up, he could potentially rewind and try it again, you know what I mean? So, I could I could definitely understand why there's no emulator usage on these high-score things. But but I also tend to give him the benefit of the doubt here because I, th- I look at, like, I mean, the, like the, he was setting Pac-Man records, like, in the 80s when really emulation was not, right. uh, not as big as it is now. So, it's not like, I mean, he may have used an emulator for Donkey Kong and, and whatever, but it's like... I don't. I, I tend to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt that he didn't always do it, and if he did it, maybe he didn't completely know that he was doing something wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure people will have different opinions, and some people probably think that he's. I would be interested in hearing. So when when the listeners, when you guys out there hear this episode, somebody go into the Facebook group and start this discussion because I would be curious to hear what other people think about it. I don't. Yeah. I haven't seen it discussed in our Facebook group yet, and uh, I figured it would by now. But uh, I am curious to know what everybody thinks about it. I, yeah. I'm with you. I I think uh, he should be allowed to ch- submit another score. But uh, you know, yeah. I guess we'll... which I think all of his records had, or at least his, not all of them, but his his Donkey Kong record was had been broken anyway. Yeah, it was already broken. So he wasn't even the record holder there anymore. I don't know. Yeah, and the Pac-Man stuff, like you said, it was done back when in Pac-Man was still in the arc- it was still a game in the arcade, and it was done in front of people, right? So, right. I can't imagine. I mean, that that he reached. I'm pretty sure he reached just the end of Pac-Man, like the kill yeah, screen yeah. or whatever, and he just kept playing, whatever. He made the maximum score, which was like three million three hundred thirty-three thousand. Than 360. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, enough about Billy. Yeah. We'll get into well, that. Well, he is the King of Kong, which we didn't talk about. I mean, yeah, there's a whole documentary about it. The documentary on this game and his quest to break the record. It's a really good documentary. Uh, we won't talk about it on the show, but uh, it is a good documentary. I think it would be interesting to cover on a Patreon or something, maybe. Just talk about the documentary. Yeah, but, I'm a big, I'm a big documentary fan. Are you now? You big documentary fan? <laughs> does that make me sound pretentious? Yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, I, okay, this would take away my pretentiousness. Okay. From what I watched earlier this evening before the podcast, watched the Baywatch movie. Oh, nice. Is it any good? <laughs> so, uh, you know what? Actually, it's hilarious. 
And the reason it's hilarious is it does not take itself serious at all. It basically is making fun of itself the entire time. That that would be the only way to do it, right? And it, so it's pretty funny. Gotcha. And like The Rock's pretty funny. Zach Efron. There, I thought it was funny. I mean, I'm, it's cheesy, but it's supposed to be cheesy. It's, yeah. It's, the point and they're now, calling it out was it one of those okay i could envision this situation happening at my house uh so i'm picturing this happening to you too I, which i don't let me put words in your mouth but at my house i can see me putting on this movie laughing my butt off the entire time while and then i look over and like my wife's sitting there she's not enjoying it at all she thinks it's just stupid yeah pretty much i mean you know it's just how that goes. Yeah. Anyways. Hey, we've been watching... Uh, we just did a quick binge of uh, True Detective on HBO. Have you seen that one? No. Dude, it's good. It's dirty. It's not family-friendly, you know, but it, it's good. It's got uh, Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. They play t- detective yeah. partners. Yeah. They are a good team. But it's just one season. The, the second season is different people. I, we haven't watched it yet. I've been watching The Handmaid's Tale second season. Yeah, I've been watching it too. I haven't, I haven't watched Tonight's though. Yeah, it's pretty good. Tonight's is? Yeah, it's just messed up. It's all messed up. The whole thing is just so messed up. We won't get yeah. into it because it's, it's highly spoilery at this point. But uh, Right. Yeah, that, this, that show is just, it's messed up. Right. It's also super feminist, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. I've never, I hadn't really thought about that, but I guess that that's true. Yeah. I, I, at first I was I was kind of uh, ignoring it, but it just it got to the point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah. yeah. I'm not complaining. I still like the show. Right. I just think it's it's gotten a little a little preachy at times with the feminism. Hmm. Anyways, uh, Donkey Kong. Yep, that's not feminine. That's not a feminist game. No, that is a masculine game. Whatever, the, well, whatever <laughs> the opposite of feminine is. Right, misogyny, I guess. Yeah, misogyn, mis- misogynistic. Misogynistic. There yeah. you go. <laughs> That, that, thought, that's when your shoulders that's yeah, when your a, shoulders are hurting and you just you get somebody just misogynistic I thought, I thought it was just somebody who likes to have their shoulders mis- <laughs> yeah. misogynistic yeah so anyway so we kind of talked about the controls of this game mm-hmm. what about the graphics what do you think about the graphics uh, they're pretty basic, yeah. uh, but I like them. I, I think it, I think that's one of the reasons why this game did so well back in the day is because it looks so different than most other games at the time. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's not a air, it's not a top down space shooter. It's not a, a maze. Like you said earlier, maze games and shooter games were space shooters were all the rage back then. This is like completely different. It's a giant monkey and a little dude trying to climb a, a tower. I, it's a platformer. I mean, you know, they didn't even... This is like one of the earliest platformers. Yeah, right? that's true. It's one of the... Yeah, it, it may be one of the very first like side-scrolling platformers. Right. So, uh, 
I don't know. I think I like the graphics for their uniqueness. They're pretty yeah, basic, I mean, but I think it's um, it's got a it's got a style about it. I don't think you can judge too harshly on a game that was developed in 1981. Right. Like, you know, it's one thing we sit here and talk about how crappy some graphics are when a game is developed in 1989. I mean, the technology's there. People know how to do things. But when you're, this is one of the original games, period. I mean, it's kind of hard to say. Just, you know, be too critical on the graphics. And even that being said, like, the sprites are really good. Like, yeah. Donkey Kong's, that's a pretty good sprite. And, you know, um, Mario even, you know. I mean, essentially Mario didn't change to, to the original Mario game, so. Yeah, I think it's, um, I really, I would give the graphics a pretty high grade. Yeah. Uh, not compared to other NES games, but just compared to other games at the time and just I don't know I just think it looks good yeah what'd you think about the sound and the music it's you know it, it's just carnival yeah. to me and I think that that's fine I think it's very fitting for this game I, I'm not going to be critical of the music they made basic music and it's a I think it fits the game though yeah I like it, it. I think it's uh, <clears throat> like you said it's fitting uh, I think it's catchy. I like how it changes when you get the hammer. I think that's cool. Uh, I like all the little noises that the game makes. Uh, like and the I sound like effects the fact and stuff. That they brought it back for Donkey Kong Country. Yep. So, Donkey Don- Donkey Kong carries his tradition well. He does. Just he like does. Mario. That's one of the things Nintendo does. Just in general, really well. They just they carry tradition along the... yeah they do they don't let their characters get screwed up right like uh, a certain game company that starts with an S and ends with the Ega right it just uh... I mean could you imagine Mario ever being on a Sega system <laughs> but uh... it never happened Sega just sold their character out. Yeah. Just sold him right down the river. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Before he was on the Nintendo system, they had already kind of sold him. (laughs) Sold him out. Yeah. When when your character... uh, Okay, I'm trying to... Okay, so Mario had a 3D game. Super Mario 64, right? Mm -hmm. Hit. It was awesome. Great game. Right. Sega says, well, our Sonic needs a 3D game, too. And then all of a sudden, Sonic is like parachuting out of an airplane and landing on a snowboard, but not on snow. He's landing on like a street, asphalt, asphalt yeah. and like s- snowboarding down the asphalt street. And all of a sudden, he's got all this tude. I just... And... That's the thing. That's, the, that's, that's, that's where Sega jumped shark with Sonic. And Nintendo never did. They never tried to make Mario hip. Right. Mario's a plumber. He wears overalls. <laughs> he's not. He's nothing. He is what he is. You know. Right. <laughs> he's he's a common man. He's blue collar. Not a teenager. That's yeah. what they tried to make. Okay, Sonic. so Mario is like a forty-year-old man and has always been a forty-year-old <laughs> man. Sonic yeah. was like a 
maybe like a 20 or 30 year old hedgehog and then he went back to being a teenager yeah actually I don't know how old he was at the at the time when he first came out but it doesn't matter yeah we all know what happened (laughs) we all know what you did Sega we've all seen the the we've all seen it (laughs) all right what else we got uh well we did a high score challenge oh yeah let's see if anybody uh let's see if anybody let's see who the winner was you want to see who the winner was yeah let's see i participated I didn't do very good. Alright, so... I should have probably tallied these before uh, now, but I didn't. So, I'm just going to start from the bottom of the list and work my way back up. I'm assuming that's going to be the higher scores, right, at the bottom of the list. Yep. So, my score, probably the lowest, if I had to guess, was 67,600. Uh, Mike Hall, the World War II expert, is coming in at 101,500. Nice. That seems pretty high. Uh, oh, Andy Lewis, uh, I take that back. I do not have to be bottom of the barrel, Mr. Suck. Thanks to Andy Lewis with 38,100. There you go. Dude Andy guaranteed that I would not be in last place. No, I'm just kidding, Andy. I'm not. I, I don't know why I'm ribbing you so hard, but uh, it's because we love you. All right, and the winner of the day, my call, right? No, actually, there's one more entry here. Winner of the day, Paul Basigli. Yeah, yeah I, I, I totally. I'm going to just keep butchering your name, my friend. Uh, he wins with. A score of 119,500. Nice. Nice job, Paul. Yes. That is Paul, I believe Paul, of Power Trip Gaming. Yes, it is. And they just completed a, uh, like, 12-part Final Fantasy series. They went and beat that game. That's uh, that sounds like quite the undertaking. Yeah, I must say that uh, I don't believe you and I beat the game when we played it. No, but that was what episode three. That was a long time. Right, ago. that was like in the first. It was in the first ten. Yeah, that was a long time ago, and we had uh, Rob McGallum on. That's right. That's right. From the Nintendo Quest. Mm-hmm. And he had, uh, yeah. Wow, that's been a long time. It has been a long time. Which, speaking of, I think we're going to have him back on the show soon. And they have a... Uh... Dude, he's got just... I don't know, he's got like 30 freaking documentaries out right now. So, I don't he know. He really does. <laughs> Pretty impressive. He's got like a He-Man one. He's got like a video game box art one. I think he and Jay are trying to do another quest now. But it's like a Star Wars quest. So, anyways... Uh, I'll let him talk about it when he comes on the show. Alright, that's it. That's the high score challenge. Alright. So, I feel like we didn't really cover the game all that well, but there's really not a whole lot of game here to cover. 
Yeah, it's pretty... I mean... It's... But I think we can wrap it up with our, our question of the day. Of is it worth yeah. it? Well, it's average about about 20 bucks. Okay. So, I mean, you can find some a little cheaper, some a little more, but say average about 20 bucks. Man, to be honest, I was actually, I was not expecting it to be that high. Yeah. I had already had my answer prepared. Because I was expecting it to be lower than that. That's a game changer. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm not buying it for $20. I mean, I've got my nostalgia for it. I can play it on an emulator. Sorry, Billy. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, if I if I need to play it, I, I can't. I'm not, I'm not jumping on the $20. Yeah. All right. So I think, man, $20, unless you're a collector... And if you're a collector, this game needs to be in your collection, right? In some form or fashion. If you're a video game collector, not just an NES collector, I would try to get the arcade cabinet. That would be awesome to have this arcade cabinet. Uh, But beside that point, uh, no, $20 for the NES game does seem really steep to me. Especially considering that this game is probably on various digital platforms. Right. That you could probably play, not just demo mode, but you could probably buy it for maybe five dollars instead. Unlike right. the Wii U or the Wii, or I don't even actually you can't buy stuff on the Wii anymore, can you? But on the Wii U, maybe, and maybe it'll eventually come to the Switch. Although I hear the Virtual Console is not coming to the Switch, which is really sad. Yeah, it is. But they're doing something different. Uh, we'll see. How, we'll see how that works. Yep. So. Okay, all right. So we're saying no, it is not worth the $20 unless you are a collector of NES only. That, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Right. Do we have any feedback? We do. So I got the Facebook feedback pulled up here. So Tommy Shayhood starts us out with the king, right? Question mark. Stephen Michael says Stephen Michael Facebook of course said I literally just picked the game, this game up today this is a wonderful classic and absolutely deserves to be on the NES too bad for Billy Mitchell that he lost his record recently but cheaters never prosper Mike Hall says I just left you guys a voicemail about this one today uh oh I hope I uh, got those voicemails <clears throat> hope hope it makes it on the show because I have a theory about the squeaking noise Mario makes. I think you'll enjoy it. LOL. And then he says again, oh, and can we officially say it is on like Donkey Kong? Yes. I think we can officially say I that. It. I approve it. Jeremy Sharp says, I know one thing. This is Nick Stevens' top ten. I don't know. Let me, yeah, let me check the voicemails here. I'm going to pull up voicemails. We'll see if it's Nick's new stuff too. Yeah. Uh, Mike Hall says if I ever get a, to have a den again, I want one of these. And he puts up this picture. It's a really neat picture of like a tabletop Donkey Kong, but it's like instead of a table, it's a barrel. Oh, yeah. I've seen one of those before. Probably just a picture. Maybe on the, maybe the one Mike posted. Jeremy Sharp says, I love this game. It's such a massive classic. 
I had the ColecoVision cart that played on the Atari 2600 and had to have it on the NES. I love the story behind it with the fact that Nintendo wanted to partner with their Atari to break into the video game market in America, but would obviously go sour over this title. I'm glad it worked out the way it did. Nintendo would conquer America without the Atari name. I just realized something. Yes. We are going out of order, but that's okay. Okay. We're supposed to have done retrofit trophies and then our grading and then feedback, but that's fine. Alright. Sorry. I just know there's there's probably a handful of listeners out there that are listening to this being like, They're going out of order, no. Yeah. So I just want to acknowledge you guys and apologize. Sorry, type A's. Yeah. <laughs> type A's and two says, stars. Right, yeah. They're, they're gonna hammer us for this. Chris Murray says it's a good game and I enjoy playing it every now and again for a bit. Donkey Kong Junior is the superior game in my opinion. And I will be eternally grateful this led to Donkey Kong Country on the SNES. And Donkey Kang, or Donkey Kang GIF uh, that Chris Murray also. Jacob McClendon, McClenahan <clears throat> said, one of my favorite games of all time. While not 100% arcade perfect, it is pretty bleep awesome. Ivan Kaprov Jocelyn says I love this game, but totally forgot it had been on me. When you dudes played the music at the end of the last episode, my first thought was Donkey Kong Country? 20 <laughs> years later, I finally get that musical record. Gabe Van Gilder says, awesome game. I tried it on ColecoVision once. People say the Switch's controller are awkward. Uh, try playing uh, Kong with a brick with buttons and stick. Uh, Andrew Zeismer says Paul Biscaglia is actually really good at this game, and he has like a whistling emoji. Uh, Tyler Jones says just watched Pixels. Concept is good, and loved the reference that made Donkey Kong look like a goof. Uh, Aaron Hickman says, "Where's the Pie Factory?" First shame, Nintendo. I don't think they added it to the NES port until the Wii release. Mind your business, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, leave Figure. our podcast alone. We'll start playing your voicemails that you've been sending us. I've saved them. I've saved right. them. Exactly. Exactly. Peter Martin says, Donkey Kong, Qbert, and Pac-Man were the big three when growing up and following my brother into the, big, into the arcades. Centipede and Space Invaders also. But the other three always had a group around watching others compete for best score. My brother then got uh, DK for the ColecoVision, and I remember playing it a lot, and then later on the NES. A very iconic game in my opinion. Chris Vanderhoff says, uh, classic Genesis. Would have done it better, though. He's such a troll, Chris. He, the Genesis he really is. You know, I'm just gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put him on blast here for a second. Uh, he reached out and was like, "Hey guys, when can we do a Casino Kid too?" You know, because he was on our he came on and did Casino Kid with us. I said, "Chris, uh, we're going to save Casino Kid too for you, but it makes it difficult for us to justify bringing on a trader." Right. So, 
I don't know, man. Until he shapes up, I don't know if we can get him on again. Yeah. We'll figure it out. I agree. I agree. We'll figure it out. But we won't do Casino Kid 2 until we get him on. But that just means you guys, it might be a while before you guys get the Casino Kid 2 episode. And you can blame Chris for being a traitor. Um, Aaron Higman said, anyone play the homebrew remake on NES? You put up the YouTube video. Uh, Jesse Clever Devel, uh, Varel also he he puts in as a reply to uh, his comment. Uh, I don't know if y'all will cover this as a tangent, but what are y'all's thoughts on the Billy Mitchell cheating scandal? Well, hopefully you got uh, your answer. I think he did. If he listened, <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Sharp rounds us out with a few good jokes which I will read here because they're pretty hilarious okay uh, what does Donkey Kong do when he sees a boat I don't know he goes ape ship <laughs> I see what you did there Jeremy what does a gorilla wear to the beat uh, banana hammock good answer but <laughs> this answer was donkey tong oh okay and then uh, well that's it okay so. <laughs> alright alright so that's it for the Facebook feedback okay well let's see I've got um, let's see what else we got uh, okay thank you for that sorry my what? iPad, my iPad does not want to pull up feedback, so I'm going to pull it up with my phone. Biggest question is: Do we have voicemail from Nick Stevens? We do. Don't worry, it's coming. Okay. I'm trying to um, trying to pull up the other feedback that we normally do Twitter and all that good stuff and I know Ryan Ballard's probably on here somewhere well sure it would only make sense okay alright Twitter Ultralavo says it is a classic so much has been made that all started because of this game I just put out a mini LP for this game and gave you guys a shout out at the beginning hope you gain some new listeners keep up the good work awesome thanks dude yeah and everybody go check out uh, on Twitter Follow him at Ultralavos and uh, check out his LP. Alright. Uh, and Google Plus. Drumroll. Ryan Ballard. Alright. Yikes. I'm likely too late on this. No, you're not. I never played the NES version, but in addition to the NES, we also had a ColecoVision. The gameplay seems very similar from what I recall playing versus seeing NES version on YouTube. Oddly enough, the NES variant seems to lack the rudimentary soundtrack that the Coleco version had. Any ideas on why that might be? I don't know, but I know that they cut a lot of corners on the NES for some reason. So, don't know on that one. I don't know the answer to why. I just know they did. Uh, I've got the Facebook page feedback. Good enough. Quite a bit here. Oh boy. Uh, Robert. 
Robert Ferguson says, I had no idea this existed until I started collecting in the mid-90s. I was able to pick up a cheap copy of DK Classics at Funko Land then. Uh, <clears throat> it plays well, but I was disappointed that, I was, that it was missing a level. I know now that most do. Uh, Chris Lethko says, A great port of the arcade game with a huge omission and with the lack of the pie factory stage. Uh, literally a third of the game cut. For no good reason. Because the cart could have easily fit the level. I think technically it would be a quarter of the game, right? Yes, that's true. And I've said it already on the, earlier on this episode, but... I don't know. Pie Factor is my least favorite of the four, so I don't, I don't miss it as much as most people. Uh, Michael Wormuth says, I first played this via the Donkey Kong Club NES. I thought it was interesting that Mario was on the cover and then in the game, unaware that that was his debut. Several years later, I found an arcade machine with the game and we played a lot and shortly afterwards I saw that Donkey Kong was released on Game Boy Advance as part of the classic NES series and it's the only game in that that I bought Brad Bell says you guys need to revisit original Tecmo Bowl and have a guest on who has won six straight Tecmo tourneys in four different states just saying <laughs> um... get us in touch with that guy <laughs> I think that guy may be him. Uh, Jason Passage says, Like most, I played this via DK Classics. My dad wasn't huge into more modern games, but he played this in Tetris with Andrew Code says, I was never a huge fan as a kid. I played it after playing Burger Time. It was not as good to me. Then, I saw King of Kong and decided to play it again. I found an arcade cabinet at a local pinball arcade and played the NES version. Turn out it is a good game. Who knew? And Joey, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher your last name. Awajane? Awajane. Awajane. That's how I'm saying it. I don't know if that's right either. Okay. Um... It's a real, it's a really solid version of the game, and of course, as addicting as the arcade. All right. Sweet. Okay, we got fee- we got uh, voicemails. Do you want to take a break from feedback and do and go back and do our ratings and our sure retro fit trophies that we were supposed to have been doing? Mm-hmm. All right. Do you have any retro fitted trophies? I have a couple. Okay. Why don't you give me one? First one is the Danky Kang tro- trophy, and that is be unable to beat the first level. Ah, uh, nice. That is Danky Kang. Mm-hmm. Danky Kang should be a slang term for uh, just like something that's bad. Yeah, it's almost like a curse word. And just like, ah, Danky Kang. Yeah, it does. Uh, okay, I've got one called uh, Jump Man. I don't think so. And that is, get pick up the hammer. Because you cannot jump when you have the hammer. You can also earn this retrofitted trophy by climbing a ladder. Because you also cannot jump while climbing a ladder. Right. Uh, so, my next one and last one is, does Polly want a cracker? And that is, save Pauline by beating the game. 
because it was originally uh, she was named after a lady named Polly. Okay. Is that a true story or is that just uh, made yeah. up for your trophy? No, that's a true story. Okay. Polly James is the the uh, wife of the landlord of the. Okay. Alright. I like it. Earth warehouse, yeah. Okay, I've got one. Uh, I made it up while we were doing the show. It's called Banana Hammock. And uh, to get Banana Hammock, you have to make the floor fall out from under Donkey Kong. And he falls down and lands in what I like to call the Banana Hammock. Okay. I know nobody else in the world probably calls it the Banana Hammock, but that's what I'm going to call it. I like it. And then, uh, I, you know... Tom Arnold will be impressed. And that is uh, a <laughs> score 300,000 points. All right. Just a number I'm throwing out there because I've not seen anybody hit it in our Facebook group. All right. Okay. All right, how do you want to rate it? Hmm. Favorite banana dish? Because we've talked about bananas several times. Ooh, I like it. Or not favorite, just a banana, uh, some way of making bananas. Well, I'm going to go with banana pudding. Because oh, it's man. You yeah. can't go wrong with banana pudding. And you can't go wrong with a classic like Donkey Kong. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I would, I, banana pudding is one of my favorite desserts in the entire world. It's really good. And my wife, who never cooks and doesn't really make a lot of anything makes an amazing banana pudding and it's it life couldn't get better that's all I'm saying uh but I cannot give the glory that is banana pudding to Donkey Kong for the NES unfortunately so what I want to go with is something we mentioned earlier in the show a banana and peanut butter sandwich which is Always good. Uh, I don't think I could eat it every day, but picking it up and eating one every now and then just really satisfies me. And that's kind of what this game does for me. I can't sit down and play it every day. I'm not going to ever break any world records. The game would kind of bore me eventually. Right. But uh, to pick it up every now and then, it just it's it's just satisfying. It's like the, taking that first bite. After not having that banana and peanut butter sandwich in a while, right? It's just like, oh yeah, I remember this. That's what it, that's what it feels like to play Donkey Kong for me. Okay, good deal. Voicemails. That's the last thing. Voicemails, then we'll finish out the show. So if you're a listener out there that's been waiting to hear your voice, um, thank you for listening to an hour and a half of podcast just to hear your voice. my call and uh just wanted to call you guys and thank you again for uh the good podcast you did for wampum uh also want to say you kind of scared the crap out of me earlier this week because whenever i saw on facebook you posting about the uh not doing the live feed anymore first thing my eyes see is after a decent run i thought oh crap they're quitting <laughs> so glad, glad to know you guys aren't quitting but uh also i have to say i know i dropped it off for the facebook post but I'm just really curious with Karnov. 
where the Russian theme game, if there's going to be any Putin rejoicing references at all. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not a good time for that kind of thing right now. Anyway. Uh, hope the show's great. Bye. I do believe we referenced Putin a few times in that episode. Yeah, we did. Uh, but I also think we traded lightly. Uh, you know. That's true. Because I think when we were recording the Karnov episode, there was a, little, a lot of something going on in the news about... I don't know. There's a lot of stuff about Russia every day, but... Yeah. Uh, who knows? Anyways. Yeah. There definitely had to have been some Putin rejoicing, though. Hey, dude. This is my call. Uh, just want to say I enjoyed the Karnov episode and particularly enjoyed your uh, pitch for... Uh, Bag bomb. Um, <laughs> funny story about that. I can remember my uh, mother-in-law telling my wife and I about how much, how good bag bomb is for, for her cans. And after you, you spiel on that, I just, I, I, I better not tell them about the, uh, the, the uh, lip balm. <laughs> uh, lip balm, anyway. Um, so if I'm, not mistaken, it sounds like the next game you guys are going to review is Donkey Kong. That's some good memories of that. I actually first played that uh, with, uh, I got Donkey Kong Classics for Christmas, I think in 1988, along with Golf and maybe another game. I kind of think, uh, I was a little bit like, uh, dude Michael Kelso there that, uh, I think the NES was originally my dad bought it for himself and got some games that he thought he would like to get him to me for Christmas and then uh, he decided he didn't like video games anymore so it ended up being <laughs> mine but uh, anyway I remember playing Donkey Kong and it was like fun because you could easily and quickly get the gratification of winning um, oh saw that squeaking noise when Mario was walking was that he had squeaky shoes but I just realized it's all that duty he's got the walking farts constantly he's just, <laughs> just got the walking farts anyway uh, just wanted to call in, and uh, it'll be a good show. So, thanks again. Bye. He mentions the walking farts. Let me just say, there is nothing better than when I'm running around the neighborhood on, like, my run. And, like, I pass by somebody's house, and I just rip a beaver as I run by. I only yeah. do it when i got enough energy to keep going, because I don't want to, like, slow down right after I do it. Right. But just, as I'm running by, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyways, uh, and he mentioned the bag bomb thing. I have to say, I listened back to our Karnov episode, and we're not exactly comedic geniuses or anything on this show. Uh, but every now and then, we hit a sh- we hit like a little five ten minute stride, and I, I must say, the Karnov bag bomb moment is up there. It's yeah. one of the best. I listening back, it's not. It's pretty rare that first of all that I listen back at all. And then, second of all, that I listen back and just laugh out loud. But I laughed at ourselves at that one. So, good stuff. All right, here's another call. Dude, it is dude J, dude Jorgensen, dude Fish Lips J. It has been a hot minute since I have called in. I think almost a year now. Wow, and yeah, I just, probably. Got nothing to do with you guys. I just haven't had anything interesting or funny to say. So, well, maybe I will blame it on you, but uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I was listening to your Karnov episode, and you played the music at the end. 
And I was like, that sounds like Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country. But then, it, you know, I went through the do-do-do. Do-do-do. Oh, my gosh. You know what? You know what that sounds like? Do-do-dude. Do-do-do-dude. Anyways, but I was just waiting for that nice beat to come in for Don that comes in from Donkey Kong Country. So you know I don't know, Donkey Kong. What do you gotta say about Donkey Kong? Everybody knows it, everybody loves it. So this is as much feedback as you're gonna get from me. Bye. Thanks, Jay. Long time no listen. Uh, I like that feedback because I think I got I think I got people again with the song choice that I picked as the music at the end of the show because that's he's not the only person that mentioned Donkey Kong Country about the music from the end of the show. Yes, Donkey Kong Country does use it because, like we talked about earlier, they the tradition they reuse the music and stuff sometimes. And but uh, you know, it wasn't Donkey Kong Country; it was Donkey Kong. But I picked the song that kind of did a little, yeah, did a little. Number on people. Anyways, Got a lot of voicemails tonight. What's up, dudes? Jay Z NES here from YouTube, and I see you guys are playing Donkey Kong. This, this well, this next episode that is. Uh, and like, what's there to say about Donkey Kong? I mean, it's like one of the greatest, you know, arcade games or whatever of all time. Put Nintendo on the map, and I'm sure you already talked all about that in your history section, whatever. Uh. Personally, I mean, I did a whole uh, three video, like a, a trilogy review of Donkey Kong of the three games on the JZNES channel. So go check that out on YouTube. Shameless plug, but uh, you know, Donkey Kong the first one, the NES port, pretty pretty good. It's a solid, one of the better black box games to have come out, you know. And uh, yeah, it's it's just one of the classics, you know. First debut appearance of Mario and. Donkey Kong and a bunch of other, you know, just a noteworthy game in the NES library, for sure. So, uh, I bet you guys enjoyed it. I bet you guys liked it. I mean, who's playing Donkey Kong, right? You know, like, but, yeah, so, uh, this has been Jay-Z NES, signing out. Thank you, Jay-Z NES. Uh, everybody go check out his video three-part series on Donkey Kong. That sounds good. Yeah. I have not checked it out yet, but I will. All right. We got two more voicemails. It's a voicemail heavy, heavy episode. Dude, this is uh, um, honorary dude, he being builder. I want to say that April, uh, you know, little April fool spoiler you did for us was great. <laughs> I went on, I, I played it, and I was like, you guys are on there, it's like, you're about to do an episode, and you're like, psych? That was great, man, but that was amazing, yeah. And then, ending to uh, a great Karnoff episode, I can't really place the music, it sounds so familiar, it sounds like a card I own, it's driving me crazy, so I'm hoping I remember it soon, so I can, uh, you know, know what game it is and prepare for it in the future, but... That was just uh, awesome. And, you know, I'm calling in as well for the King's Night giveaway, you know. But, you know, I want to give you guys a shout-out, too, as well. So, you know, put me down for an entry for the King's Night uh, card, please. But I really hope that 
that one guy that left his, didn't leave his name wins it though. You know, he sounds like he deserves it, you know. I can't wait for more upcoming great shows. I doubt it would be that Mario 3 you're teasing. I hardly doubt it, but I'm gonna get going now. I don't want to run too, too far along in this, uh, you know. I know Mike, Mike, you will, uh, get all ticked off at me for, you know, <laughs> running the bill too much, you know. So take it easy, guys. See you for now. Thanks, Gabe. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe knows I'll cut him off if he goes too long. How many times have I cut Gabe off? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but appreciate the call, Gabe. I think Gabe's got gotten a new phone or something because he sounded good in that call, didn't he? He did. He sounded good. Yeah. Uh, and I guess he brings up another good point. This is the cutoff for the King's Night giveaway. Uh, so I'm going to put all these names in a hat up to this point. Uh, we will announce it though on <laughs> this. This is going to be a little bit interesting. Uh, so we'll have an episode after this one, which we've already recorded. So we will announce the winner of the King's Night giveaway, not yeah. next episode, but two episodes from now. Right. So it's, uh, you know, I don't know. That's just the way it's got to go because we've already recorded next episode. Right. A little behind the scenes. All right, we got one more voicemail. I'm a little disappointed I haven't heard from Nick Stevens yet. Let's hope, let's hope this one's him. This is probably going to be like one of the most infamous sound bites you'll ever have from Nick Stevens, but uh, this is probably one of my favorite games of all time. Like, probably top oh. 10. Wow. Wow. Another top 10. Another top 10 from Nick Stevens. Donkey Kong in the top 10. He loves it. Yeah. What can we say? All right, that's it. All right. Good pod. Good pod. Good donkey, Kang. Thank you, Kang. Whatever. Yep. Oh, man. So, I don't know about you. But this is a... Uh, donkey Kong took a lot out of me. It did. I'm getting a little tired. <laughs> He's big. He's a beast. So He's anyway, beast. you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, Google Plus if you want to go join Ryan Ballard. And, of course, our website's at twodudesinanest.com, then tendudes.com, and nesdudes.com. And you can always call us at... 7757-RETRO-1. Or, that number, if you're curious, 775-773-8761. Or, you can just go to the website, one of the ones Justin mentioned. And uh, if you're using a phone to go to that website, which... 99% 99% of people do these days, right? You right. just go in the upper uh, right corner. There'll be a little phone icon. Just click it. It'll say call, and you say yes, and then you uh, call us. You can't win King's Night anymore, but you can still call. Get your get your, uh, right. get your call on the show. All right, and then uh, so shout out to the wee dude, the wee guy on YouTube, as he's called. He does uh, stereoized NES tunes. So thank you for right. letting us use your music, we guy. Uh, shout out to the Fox Dude for our awesome logo. Um, I've reached out to him to see if he would be interested in doing us a, another logo for the Nintendo Switch Up episodes. So he said maybe. So we may have another awesome logo on on its way. Uh, I wish he had some 
I wish he would like sell his pictures or something so we could legitimately promote him. But uh, right, you know, he's just a normal, normal dude with some good, nice art art skills. Just being a nice guy. Uh, and then shout out to the retro junkies. I don't think I'm going to do an individual call out tonight because my brain is not working as well Beat up by as it was Kong. about 30 minutes ago. So that's it. I will uh, let me throw one more thing out there. Two more, actually, two more. One, if you want to listen to some cool Patreon episodes, we've got another one coming here in May. We just did an awesome one on Lizard NES in April. Uh, go to sports there, patreon.com slash NES dudes. And uh, it's been a long time since we got an iTunes review, so I'm thinking it's about time we get some more five-star reviews up in there. So if you guys don't mind, whatever podcast service you listen to, if you can review on it, do so. That'll help okay. us out. And we're on Anchor now, so you can go check us out on Anchor. I don't really know what that means necessarily other than <laughs> we're just in one more place so and that's all I got alright here comes some tunes for the next game bye uh, everybody later bye.